Welcome to another episode of the Behind the Mark podcast with your host, Mark Myers, the sports talk show where we talk about Georgia high school athletics, college sports, and today's hot topics regarding sports. Today I have a guest on my show, Coach Morris Starr, head football coach of Lakeside High School. How you doing today, Coach? All right, so Coach Starr, you know, a little background about me and Coach Starr. Uh, me and Coach Starr, we first met each other at Stockbridge High School. Where we both were coaches at, and uh, Coach Starr was the defensive coordinator there. And then later on, he went on to be the head football coach at Henry County High School, where he hired me to be his offensive coordinator um, for one year before I left and got my own head coaching job. Um, coach Starr is, uh, I consider one of my mentors, one of the guys who I look up to, who uh, who I basically you know turn to when I need advice, and he, he's always got some great sound advice um, because he you know he has that wisdom and he's been around you know a lot of great different pro a lot of great programs a lot of different programs you know and a lot of times I can always call on Coach Star and so I'm glad to have him on the show today you know Coach I'm not going to talk too much about you I want you to kind of talk a little bit about yourself and kind of tell the listeners a little bit about your, your coaching journey. there in uh, North Carolina where I was working, um, North Rowan High School, which is in Spencer, North Carolina, and I stayed there, and that kind of, you know, introduced me to coaching, and I really enjoyed it, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I've been coaching nonstop since I was 21, so I just turned 52, so you can do the math there. Um, I've been in eight different high schools, all of them here in the state of Georgia that I've worked at. I've worked at uh, four colleges or universities in a six in a, about a six and a half year uh span of time there so uh i ain't real big on doing the names out of who i work with and who i work for and who i worked under or stuff like that just know that i've had some great coaches in my past that helped me out with a lot of things and you know i've, I've been in some great football uh, powers here in the state of georgia being lagrange being griffin you know that's two of the best there um that was where i cut my teeth early in my career and uh, had a chance to follow some great coaches and learn from them so been very fortunate in that regard uh coach star actually had the opportunity to uh, coach against me when i was a player at georgia southern and he was at uh elon i think it was uh yeah it was trying to defend the triple option (laughs) well we we could defend the option we just couldn't Defending that uh, RPO y'all were doing with that forward pass for lineman downfield is so popular in today's game. Y'all were running it way back then. <laughs> hey, you know, if, if the referees ain't going to call it, we're going to do it. So, uh, hey, I understand. I understand. So, you know, Coach, you know, during our time at uh, Stockbridge High School together, although you was on the opposite side of the ball, uh, me being a student of the game, you know, I actually had a chance to learn a lot of defense just by watching you run your defensive practices you know talk a little bit about your defensive philosophy and you know what are some of the things that you believe in defensively uh it's changed over the years and like i said i've been around some great defensive minds uh when I first cut my teeth on coaching in high school here in the state of Georgia, um, I was at LaGrange, and they ran 
uh, what they call 46. And it's not what you're thinking. It's not what the Bears run uh, back in the day with uh, with Buddy Ryan and the crew that won the Super Bowl. This, this, their version of 46 was a little different. And people would come from all over the state to try to learn what we were doing. And um, I'll tell you, it was very basic what we were doing. We just had a lot of kids, and they allowed them to play fast. And I think that's the first thing that I started picking up on. Even if we didn't have a lot of talent, if you can get those kids playing fast, they tend to be a lot better defenders and a lot better football players. So that was kind of the basis for how I started learning and what I want to try to do defensively. You know, schemes come and go. Uh, I've always kind of been a four-man front kind of guy and 4-3 concept. Uh, now everybody's going 4-2-5, things of that nature, trying to get more DBs and speed on the field. And my philosophy is kind of slow, but changes to that also. Uh, but yeah, I've always been, you know, four-man front. But I'll, you'll see me playing just about everything. The only thing I haven't really dabbled around with is a three-man front. And I do that only if it's a definite passing situation late in the game and I got more DBs on the field than anything. So other than that, I'm kind of old school with the four-man front. And, you know, I just try to get them to play fast. And that's been what I've been able to get them to do. Okay, well, you know, we, we, we definitely share, you know, some of the, you know, different things about, you know, defense philosophies. We share a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm a three-man front. You know, I always love being in the 3-3. And it's just primarily just because that's what I know best. But like you said, people now are starting to play a lot of 4-2-5 and 3-4 and now. So I, I, I'm starting to find myself wanting to learn a little bit more about both of those and uh, maybe see if it can help me. Um, you know, a, as a head coach, you know, one of the toughest things to do is to build a staff. Uh, it's just hard. And I don't think a lot of people really understand how hard it is unless you are a coach, you know. So, you know, with it, you know, it's just hard to find very good assistant coaches these days, uh, guys who – you know, share the same mission and goals and philosophy as you. But you also, on the flip side, you want them to be um, great with X's and O's, too. You know, if, if you can find somebody like that. Talk a little bit about your process as a head coach when it comes to hiring an offensive coordinator and, you know, this year position coaches. What are some of the things that you are looking for when you are going through that process? Well, no doubt it's tough. And, and I don't mean to knock any of the younger coaches coming through now, but I can promise you uh, things are very different with their coming through, uh, learning how to become a coach and actually getting a coach than it was for you and even for, definitely for me. You know, it was a lot more, uh, things were a lot more hands-on and waiting your turn and proving that you belonged, uh, you know, when I was coming through. So you had to be real knowledgeable about your position. You had to be knowledgeable about what the scheme was and you had to be able to kind of predict how things were going to happen. You had to have some foresight as to what what it is your kids were capable of that you were coaching and, you know, all of that made you become a better coach. So I try to, when I'm talking hiring a, a coordinator, um, I kind of had the same rules in place that I had as a, when I was an assistant trying to become a coordinator. And then when I finally was, you know, awarded that position of being a coordinator, my rules that I always told my defensive coaches that I was working with was my goal is to keep the head coach of the football team off of my side of the board, on ball. I don't want him in my meetings. I don't want him to worry about what we're doing on defense. And that's always been the way that I approached it. So, you know, we'll take Stockbridge, for example, when you and I were together there. Um, I, I remember... 
I told those coaches, hey, man, if Coach Whitley comes in our meetings, I'm going to be mad. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, I'm going to be mad because he shouldn't have to come in here to worry about what we're doing. We're all good enough coaches where we do our job. It's going to show very, it'd be easy to tell, but we don't have anything to worry about. Let's keep him on the offensive side. He was called to plays with you, uh, so I didn't want him to nail with us. And that's kind of what I try to look for when I talk to guys about being a coordinator for me. I make sure they understand I don't want to have to police what you're doing. You got a job. I hired you to do a job. Just try to get that job done and make it so that uh, I don't have to worry about what you're doing. Uh, and, you know, of course, I'll have input if I need to have it, but I want guys who are confident with it about to do and um, they can prove to them that they can get it done. That's kind of what I look for, that confidence. Well, I, as far yeah. as uh, assistant, um, uh, well, I'm sorry. I was saying as far as the assistant coaches, it's changed a lot there too. Um, used to be able to hire very experienced assistants now. That's kind of, as far as I'm concerned, if you're not in a major program, it's kind of hard to get guys that are going to come into your program as a coach and they're very experienced. Uh, or they haven't had a lot of good experience. Maybe I should say that. There's a lot of guys who have a lot of bad experience, and they try to bring, you know, not purposely, but they bring that bad experience um, in front of you and try to get put that on display for your coaches. Uh, and, and I try to avoid that as much as possible. A lot of times guys don't know that they're not a good coach, and that's, that's kind of cruel, but it's the truth. So, uh, you know, being in this thing, as long as you and I have been, we kind of can identify, and we know we talk privately. We know what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, I, I guess the main thing is I try to find guys who uh, want to be uh, like a whiteboard so I can fill it out for them. They should come to me with stuff already on it. Thinking that they uh, know everything, but, you know, I want them to know some things. But be, be willing to learn uh, what we're trying to do and uh, go forward from there. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, people may not know is when when I was the offensive coordinator for Coach Starr at Henry County High School, uh, I can remember me and Coach Starr having a conversation saying, uh, you know, he was looking for someone who could come in and run the option. Uh, But if he couldn't find anyone, then, you know, he would go with, you know, the next best guy. So he's specifically looking for someone that could run that style of offense. And that was one of the things that helped uh, me land that position. You know, uh, over the years, Coach Starr's offense has has definitely changed, become more of a spread type offense now. So just, you know, me wondering, uh, when you are looking for an offensive coordinator, um, are you always looking for the best guy or are you specifically looking for scheme nowadays? Has that kind of changed for you? No, it's, it's, and this is where I'm probably a little bit behind the eight ball and as far as wins and losses go. It hadn't been a good situation for me to try to find um, coaches who came in with their own schemes and tried to make things happen, you know, change kids around and put them in places they thought they belonged. It's been about finding guys who kind of fit with just our general program uh, in general. That's what I've kind of been forced to. Uh, not having the availability, availability to get someone like you because you are an experienced guy. It'd be my first choice to get as many experienced guys as I could at all positions, but that's become harder and harder for the coordinator spots. Coordinators advance. They keep moving up, and just like you did, they, they become good head coaches. So, you know, it's, it's not that I've changed what I'm looking for. <laughs> I think a lot of times it's based off of what we have in the buildings and some of the jobs that I've had I'm not just blessed with athletes 
in the hallway, you know, left and right. So you really have to kind of make the most of what you got. And uh, I think sometimes guys come in with all these ideas about what they want to do offensively, but they don't have the pieces of the puzzle to be able to run that offense effectively. And I think that's probably been the biggest problem. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely can see that. And um, uh, it's, it's definitely tough these days. People, you know, like I said, people don't really understand how hard it is to find great assistant coaches. And if you get you a good one, you're probably not going to have him for very long just because he's going to have him very long. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're not going to have him long at all. He won't be long. He'll yeah. be looking for somebody to be coming to get him. So fast forward to to now, you know, last year, you know, you left Henry County High School and now you have taken the Lakeside High School job, which was a program that used to be, you know, a powerhouse back in the 80s and the 90s. You know, they were very, very good. And, you know, I guess since the 90s, they haven't really been very, very good. So, you know, you, you have the task of taking on a program that was in pretty bad shape when you got it. Um, in one year, you know, you went from having maybe 20 to 30 players that uh, was participating uh, during your offseason workouts to now you've, you've pretty much doubled those numbers. Uh, last time we talked, I know you said, you know, you were reaching close to 60, sometimes maybe even close to 70 players. You pretty much doubled that in a year's time now that you've got your foot kind of settled a little bit. Pretty much. Um, you know, doubling those numbers. What What are some of the things that you have done to help you increase the number of players on your team and get that participation up? Uh, I, I think the first thing, and, and we can, I, I'm going to tell you what the, uh, the textbook answer is. You come in and you change the mentality and you change what everybody thinks about Lakeside football and how we're going to be so much better and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and it's going to be fun and it's going you know you can say all that stuff but it really comes down to you got to form some relationships with some kids in your building that don't play football that don't play some of the other sports that you you know I got kids who have never played before and I don't know if they'll ever be able to play it down for us but you know I'm inviting them out to come and, and, and try to learn from us get stronger and get ready to play before we you know we're on this corona um little vacation that we're on right here and I'm not speaking about beer I'm speaking about that virus <laughs> you know once we got on that thing it's like you know prior to that I had kids coming that were working out and they might not be able to play a lick but they were starting to understand what we were trying to do and they'd invite two of their friends to come and next thing you know your weight room's full and people walking by who wouldn't usually stop by they look in there and they see us and they come on in and this has been a way of you know a kid comes in I'm not running them out they come by my PE class and they're not supposed to be there before I tell them to get out and go back to class and say, hey, what grade are you in? You ever played football before? You know, I'm recruiting them. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make them understand that we need you. You know, well, coach, I've never played before. I said, that's okay, we'll teach you. So I, I think I've done a lot more than of that in my career than I ever thought I would do. I, I do more of that now than I did when I was a college coach recruiting. So it's like, I recruit harder now. <laughs> and I think that's been the only way and those numbers that I have right now, I don't even know how many of those guys will stick once we start playing again. But, you know, you got to start trying to get them to come because before they weren't even slowing down when they get by the weight room. They were speeding up. So, you know, at least now they're slowing down to look in. And they'll, every now and then I get some new ones that will come in. So, you know, just trying to work it that way, Coach. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that you've definitely done a, a great job with that. And, 
uh, you know, I, I was talking with Nick Davis, uh, head football coach at Fayette County High School, um, probably about a month ago. And Nick Davis said, if you don't know much about DeKalb County um, athletics and football, you would really think just by looking on social media that Lakeside High School has the best program, he said. He kind of gave you some props because he said, you know, he's he's always seen you posting stuff about your program, constantly trying to market your program and put your program out there. And to people on social media, I mean, they're seeing you all the time doing stuff. And he said, you know, that, you know, you, you're probably doing the best job out of any of the coaches that he's seen in a while with that type of stuff. You know, so I, I do think that that's very important, you know, especially in today's game and in, in high school athletics. I think if you're not on social media, you're not constantly uh, recruiting your kids and putting things on social media about your program, uh, it's going to be hard to get those numbers up, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I try my best to, and that's not my strong suit, you know. I, I, my family picks at me. My kids who know me well pick at me. Coach Star, why don't you ever get on something besides Facebook? I said, well, I don't know that other stuff. You know, I have it because I have kids and I kind of stay in touch with them. But, I mean, you know, as far as what I do for my program, you know, a lot of times it's, it's just very spontaneous. We'll, they'll do a good job. We decide we're going to hit the pool that day. I, I see them having such fun in the pool, and I put it out there, you know, in social media, see that some of the alums see it, and they'll come back and say, man, we didn't get through this when we played. And so it's been – I use it as a way to recruit because the word got out, hey, man, after we finish having fun in the weight room, which ain't really fun, but then we get to go to the pool and swim for an hour and a half, and next thing you know, I got kids – coach we're going to the pool next week and I, if i say yeah in front of some kids that don't play they their ears perk up a little bit and they decide hey well what if i what i have to do to come out for the team coach I, I, that's happened to me a couple of times so i just try to really use social media uh, uh kind of inadvertently to help me recruit but i also use it because i like seeing uh the kids have fun and i like for people to see them away from the football field doing stuff too and it's just we are trying to get that team chemistry and bond built together and uh you know, social media kind of helps you reach some people who you wouldn't normally reach sometimes, and I think that's kind of helped us also. Definitely, definitely understand that, Coach. So, you know, you kind of, you know, talked about a little bit about, you know, you pointing toward, toward uh, the coronavirus stuff that's going on in today. Obviously, we, we are definitely in uncharted territory right now, um, as not only as, you know, a country, but especially with high school athletics. Um, school has been canceled for the rest of the year in Georgia, which means uh, we can't do anything with our players face-to-face. Um, you know, how, how is life without sports for you right now? And, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, you are doing to keep your players focused on being prepared for next season? Well, for me personally, it's been tough. You know, I, I, I love uh watching sports, most sports. I don't get into everything, and uh, but I, I do miss being able to turn the television on and watch uh, highlights of sports, you know, for things that are current. But uh, this is about, you know, something different. So it's like, I've had to make some adjustments and some of the things you're talking about uh, with this whole social media thing. I'm now trying to use technology more for my team. And you and I have spoken about this. Um, with us not being able to get together and work out together 
I've had to find some way to try to reach out to my kids. And we have a, a group chat that we use and I communicate um, in the group chat with the guys. And, you know, that's good if they have their phones. That's good if they check them. But uh, we, we, I try to schedule team meetings with them. And I'm using Zoom technology right now as far as the uh, video conferencing app. And we use that. And uh, I had a team meeting last night with my kids. And not everybody was on it, unfortunately. But uh, I've been able to get um, through to a lot of kids that way and let them know, send them the playbook. And they look, we look at things and go over plays on huddle all together there. Or, uh, some of my assistants are even using it for us to have their position coaching meetings because I do have new people and they've never met their kids before. So, you know, this is making everybody approach things very differently. And through using this, um, I'll probably be able to do my staff meetings on the weekend uh, from home now. I'm going to use the Zoom platform and share the huddle screens with everybody. We're going to watch film and we're going to make our notes and observations. We're going to get proficient at it so they get more family time. But it's also pretty practical and it's also pretty uh, uh, pretty advanced. So I like it. That's been the only good thing about this, being away from all the kids. I've had to learn to do some other things that I'm learning. <laughs> well, that's definitely good. You know, uh, you know, there there is really no telling when the GHSA and, and the school board, are, you know, are going to allow us to to start doing summer workouts again with our players, you know, and start getting prepared for next season. Uh, if if you were uh, the one, you know, making the decision about how to proceed with athletics for next school year, uh, what are some of the things that that you would do or implement? you know, heading into next season? I think this, it's probably going to be done this way, and I'm just, it's just general, um, pretty common, but a defined start time, meaning, okay, here's the date you guys can do your first activity with your kids. Uh, here's the time where you can do your first real practice, and they do that. They're going to do that. But I think as soon as you can get that information out to us coaches, it's going to help us prepare. Um, so I, I hope someone's working on that now. I know everything's kind of in the unknown area. But I'm saying as soon as they know, I hope they let us know. Other things I would probably hope that they would do if it were up to me, uh, because we haven't competed so long, we haven't practiced so long, uh, allow us two scrimmages in the fall, uh, even if someone already had that. Um, those of us who had a spring game, um, and spring practice schedule, we, we, we missed that. So we're going to need some more work before I feel comfortable putting my guys out there playing football in a real football game. Um, and uh, that's probably the, where I would start, Coach. I don't know what else can be done, but those are the kind of areas that I was thinking about for an initial start point that I would like to do. Yeah, I, I, did, I was one of the ones who felt like, you know, uh, we probably need to back up the season maybe uh, uh, to start it maybe in September instead of starting it in August just because, you know, probably would give the players, uh, you know, a couple of a couple of more weeks to, to get in some shape and, you know, get acclimated to the heat. Uh, I definitely think that, you know, if, you know, the, 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 lo- the longer and longer it takes for us to get out there to get our kids, you know, on the field and working out in the summer, uh, the more it's, it's you know, we're going to be open to injuries in August if we don't, you know, if we don't have more time to get our kids in shape. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see kind of, you know, how things pan out. And like you said, I, uh, I hope, you know, once they make a decision that they get it out to us very quickly uh, so that way we can make our preparations 
but it is kind of you know unknown you know nobody really knows what's going what's going to happen right now you know until That's things right. start getting better you know so yeah yeah well coach you know coaching has definitely changed over the years uh, at every level it doesn't matter if you're talking you know pop warner league you know junior league middle school high school you know all the way up to nfl it has definitely changed since i was a kid uh there are now more demands and expectations that are put on high school coaches than when I was a kid or even when I first you know, started coaching. Uh, it has definitely changed. I think the demands and expectations now for high school coaches are similar to pretty much a college coach these days. You know, what, what are some things that you have found to be the most challenging about being in the coaching profession? Uh, it's been hard. The emphasis on what's really important, and you know, and it's like I, I remember when I was a younger coach. You know, it was kind of understood that a football coach was expected to bring the, the the most out of you. That didn't mean that you had to be a jerk all the time. But people understood when you coach the kid hard that it was not personal. That you were really trying to get the best out of the kid, and it's what comes. Our society has changed in such a way where it's hard to, to get those points across of being stern with a kid and being fair with all your kids. And, and there is such thing of, of, of having favorites. You know, I'm, I'm not in denial about that. I have favorites. But my favorites usually are the kids who, you know, do what you ask them to do and they do it well and they do it hard and they do it without question. And I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. So, you know, that that's now you're frowned upon if you don't if, if you got any kind of way of showing that you uh, have a favorite kid or or you got any kind of way of expressing you know that you're tough on a kid and, and you're tough on them because you care about them people only see that you're tough on them or, or you know so it's kind of changed what uh people expect from coaches that's been hard you know you you, you have to befriend the parents you have to make sure that the kids like you I don't know if my head coaches in high school ever, I don't, I don't think they cared if I liked them or not. That wasn't important. You know, they were trying yeah. to make me the best man I could be, make me the best football player I could be. So, you know, that's what I remember. And I, I don't know, you know, I think nowadays it's changed. You have to have relationships to these kids to the point where uh, you, you do have to be concerned that they do like you. And um, I think that's real, that, that's been tough for me because that was hard for me. I didn't really know that was going to be something I was going to have to do as a head coach. I thought if I treat everybody the right way, and you know, I'm always doing what's in best, what's best for the kid, that they would naturally respect me. It was about somebody respecting you, not liking you. I think that's been the biggest difference that I've seen. I mean, you know, that's 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 a, definitely a, a great way to put it. Um, you know, back in the days, you had to worry about um, if your kids respected you, not like you. Now you got to worry about. You know, if your kids like you more than anything, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that, yeah, that's definitely a different transition, like you said. Because I can remember when I was growing up, you know, uh, you know, all of the extra stuff that we're doing now to, you know, build relationships with our players. My coaches didn't do any of that. You know, my my right. coaches, and not that they were wrong or anything like that. They just had a different way of doing things but I still kind of felt like they got the same results, you know, and now, you know, uh, it's, it's, it definitely, definitely, definitely has changed relationships. I tell people all the time, relationships matter today more than they, than they ever did. And, you know, um, I kind of feel like as a head coach, if you don't build on those relationships, 
you're probably not going to last very long in the coaching profession. Definitely. That's true. That's um, true. So, Coach, very you know, my, my last question, you know, uh, and, um, you know, me and you, we've talked about this plenty of times, you know, about, you know, when my journey came with me trying to get a head coaching job, obviously I've picked your brain a million times. But for the listeners who are listening and the people who they desire to be a head coach one day, they, you know, you if you got this young coach who's on your staff who he tells you, you know, he want to be a head coach one day. What what is some what is uh, some advice that you would give this coach who's looking to be a, a head coach one day? Okay, uh, I think uh, let me see how I could put it. Uh, I, I said uh, I'd say to that person the hardest thing for uh, for a coach to do, especially if he's, he aspires to be good and he's already got some of those good characteristics, is to admit that there's someone that may know more than you. They might do it better than you, and they might be willing to do it longer than you. All right. As soon as you can accept that and know that, you know, you don't know everything right off the bat and, and you can people always say that they're willing to learn. But a lot of times they're trying to learn by telling you what they know. And that's not learning. So it's about it's a matter of you got to be able to be quiet and listen when it's time. You got to be able to contribute when it's time. You got to be able to step back and be able to observe what's going on. So it helps you to grow as a young coach. So you get some of that knowledge and people trust in you and, and decision-making that you have and know that you're going to make the right decision. They're not talking about wins and losses necessarily, but that you're making right decisions at the right time and putting your, your team, your players, in the best situation that you can put them. I think that's the hardest thing for a young coach to come to grips with because they don't know all that stuff. And a lot of times they're too busy telling you what they know so they don't hear you when you say it. So just be quiet. Just learn what you turn, pay your dues, and get behind somebody that's trying to help you. Get behind somebody who wants you to be a head coach. Don't get behind somebody that's trying to show you why they are the head coach. I think that's a big difference. Well, that's definitely, definitely sound advice. And uh, like I said, Coach Tars giving me, uh, giving me a lot of advice over the years. You know, during my journey, uh, you know, toward my first head coaching job, and you know, even you know, when I when I became a head coach, you know, obviously, you know, Coach Tars definitely a good one to, to definitely reach out to uh, for those of you who, who may know him. Well, Coach, you know, that was my last question, and, and, and that was our time. I, I appreciate you coming on the show. No problem, man. You're going to be there for me tomorrow, right? Uh, definitely, Coach. All right. I look forward to it, man. All right. Okay, that, that's a wrap for this episode of the Behind the Mark podcast. Thank you to all my listeners out there. I pray that each and every single person that is listening was able to make something, uh, to get to get something, take something from, from this show. That will impact or change your life in some sort of way. Catch you guys next week for my next episode.